Check mic one. Check mic two. Mic one, two, three. Three. I can count. Check mic four. Oh, shit. Uh, guys, I guess we can start. Oh, um, real quick before we start the podcast, um, who who's the person who put the money on zombie redneck torture family? Who had that bet? <laughs> I think I think that was... Oh, my God. I think that was me. I was it again. Always, I always put money on the unicorn. Why is it never the unicorn? Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, hey, Avery, zombies, just like plain zombies, can't right? Because they're zombies. They're zombies. I, mean, I mean, they are part of the same family, but... Totally different breed. Zombies than zombie redneck torture family. Two Why different things. Why is it not unicorns? <laughs> Look, pay up. <laughs> no one likes unicorns. Ladies and gentlemen, please silence your cell phones and kindly shut up for our feature presentation. Shut the fuck up! Gather around now, there's no time to lose. person who likes unicorns Scotland oh man it's not a person that's a place you dipshit yeah but look <laughs> up the national animal of Scotland it is national a unicorn it it's, 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 on, it's on their flag huh it's one of their national symbols the unicorn what in the lucky charms <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Brews and Reviews, the podcast that is already two beers in, and we are in week three of our Ode to the Horror Genre Oktoberfest, and uh, by this point, our livers are a little bruised, they're a little battered, but we're still making it through. Um, as always, I'm your DD. my name is Avery, and I'm here alongside my co-hosts. Gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. I'm Buddy, and I know we're in a podcast that is already two beers in, but for reasons that not should be disclosed, I am two Oxycontin in, so, um, yeah, <laughs> should be great. One of us is, two of us are filming in a hurricane, so, you know, bottoms and, up. And, uh, I'm, uh, this is, uh, Brad, um, and throughout this entire podcast, as I open a new beer, you will hear this noise. However, I also must point out that uh, right now I am currently uh, recording and there is uh, a fire about three miles away that is burning like 44,000 acres. So, yeah, uh, the sky is black with smoke and it is raining ash for the last week. It's like Mitch McConnell's house. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, 2020 is on some other shit. (laughs) There are three hurricanes coming. Two to Texas and one to California. And the only hope three. is that the one to California will put out the fires that we have. So yeah, yeah that'll create a fire hurricane. That'd be pretty weird. Which, which the, the sad the sad part is, I'm pretty sure Colorado just had a fire nato, like a tornado mm. made out of fire. <laughs> Chris, That's, introduce yourself. It is I, Chris Squatch Daddy, as Brad calls me, the redneck in Unasha. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to call me, I don't care. Um, uh, by the way, a uh, fire tornado is what happens after I eat Chipotle. That's fair. Huh. That is fair. Everyone are hot. Oh, it's... It's... Both ways, man. 
Put the toilet paper in the freezer now, folks. Is we got a hot one for you. Oh my god. That was the best transition ever. Speaking of speaking of natural disasters, gentlemen who are drinking, what are we drinking? Oh, I am drinking beer. Mm. Oh, you know that's 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 great, Chris. That's great, Chris. Oh, you know, and I, just... if you want to get specific, I earlier today I put an order at Jester King, and I'm drinking one of their unfiltered pilsners because it's <clears throat> it's refreshing, tastes good, and uh, I bought it, so I'm drinking it. Um, I will. The reason I say, speaking of natural disasters, right now I am drinking a beer by the Russian River Brewing Company called Pliny the Elder. And if anyone knows anything about history, uh, you can check out a show on YouTube called uh, Puppet History, where they recently talked about this uh, topic. Pliny the Elder was a military general who helped evacuate Pompeii. However, he's a fucking idiot. And he got to Pompeii and was like, ah, nothing's wrong. I would like to take a nap and drink some beer. And have a bath. And then after he woke up, he was like, oh shit, we're fucked. So he tied a pillow to his head to run across the field to get to the ocean where he laid down and died. It's a hell of a drink. So, um, (laughs) Plenty of the Elder, everybody. Perfect for fire weather. Wow. Uh, Um, I see it. I see it. it. It fits the mood. It, fit, it fits right now. Um, uh, I'm drinking ice, but because I'm black, it's ice seasoned with lemon pepper seasoning. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It tastes like a Buffalo Wild Wings ice. It's great. Oh my god! And uh, as usual, I'm Shout drinking my peanuts. I'm drinking my my normal my normal Pepsi because this is about as alcoholic as I get. Not you know what else is alcoholic? Alcohol. I'm also, I also woke up incredibly hungover. Sort of jealous. Me I too. probably will wake up hungover from the amount of drugs so, in my uh, So I went to go hang out with my friend because I lives a few miles away. So mm-hmm. last night we killed a whole 12 pack and then some. So I woke up, it's like, I think it's raining, but I don't know if it's just like because I'm really hungover, everything's still dark. And it turns out it was raining, folks. Hey Chris, it's raining. No, there's sun out. There's sun outside. I'm looking at the window, dude. Okay, whatever. Did you um, have like two hurricanes? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Central Texas. By the time it gets us, it's going to be a fucking something. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't hit them as hard as it hits, hits us because we are quite literally right by the Gulf. Yeah. So we mm. we might get wiped off the map. So uh, if I don't <laughs> talk to y'all next week. <laughs> Talk about a top, tropical depression. So I'm sure now. I'm sure now people can realize at what point we recorded this episode. But the real question is: Do we go into what this episode is about, or do we go straight oh, to the man. sponsors? Oh, I, I think I think we definitely should go to our sponsors because as a new podcast, normally this would be the time where we would talk about our sponsors and who's paying our bills. And Chris <laughs> is normally and Chris is normally worried about who are what bills we have, and that ain't none of your damn problem. Oh, what what your problem bills. is. Speaking of problems, uh, uh, hey buddy, um, have you heard from our intern? Uh, <clears throat> last I heard, he was making his way south towards the hurricanes, so he should be there within the next five months. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna catch a ride with FEMA and just make his way over there. So he might accidentally get deported. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, not by like 
the administration probably like by tropical winds and hurricane force strength winds. You know that that riptide's a hell of a bit. That riptide's a bitch, man. Yeah, surfs Mm. up in San Antonio. Oh Mm. lord. Well, Chris, uh, since we do have some bills to pay this week, Norm, who are our sponsors? <laughs> uh, Avery, I'm glad you asked. Um, it's a great question this week. Let's see. Uh, the, the people who make the chocolate chip cookie mix I have currently in my kitchen, I can't say their name because of probably legal reasons, but <laughs> let's just say it's delicious. It, uh, it brightens my week, and it makes me smile every time I see freshly baked cookies. Is it a chocolate chip cookie mix or like the refrigerated chocolate chip cookie dough that you just scoop out? And Well, I, I get like a stick of butter from temperature, of course, and I put it in, mix it together. And, you know, if I decide to bake it, great. If I decide to go to town and eat it like a fat piece of shit, I eat it. <laughs> and, Very accurate. You know, this is the time where I would usually say our other sponsor, but uh, Brad, I believe you have something more relevant than delicious chocolate chip cookie mix. Yes, actually. I don't know how you do, but apparently you do. <laughs> so we go from chocolate chip cookie mix to, guys, are you ready to hashtag get swole? Are you ready to be pumped up? Are you ready to play some video games while you talk about CrossFit, Spartan races, and why Mario is so tall? Well, if you are interested in any of those things, you should check out our sister podcast, The Super Swole Bros, hosted by yours truly and my good friend Isaac. We talk about everything from fitness and uh, diets to video games and nerd culture. And we kind of find a way to connect those together. Like uh, we talked in one episode about how midi-chlorians are based on a real-life thing that athletes actually have. So if you want to be a Jedi, you just have to go to the gym a few times. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Yeah, I know it is, but you know, hey, if you guys are interested in stuff like that, we are starting season two around our first episode, so we're probably a few episodes into season two for us, um, but if you guys just want to hear uh, Isaac and I talk some shit and pl- talk about video games and fitness, you're more than welcome to hit us up over on our Instagram, at Super Swole Bros, or Super Swole Brothers, I can't remember, I'm a terrible employee, much like Chris. And uh, look us up on the Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you podcast your podcastingness. You're podcasting your podcast. Okay, all right. Hey, do you ever <laughs> talk about the NASA covering up uh, flat Earth? Oh my God, Chris! Just, just, just uh, um, it's on no. the damn logo, Brad. We've been over this. Oh, mostly they annoy the crap out of Brad. If you if you can see, pretty much everyone's face are like, "Shut the fuck up, Chris." Yeah, I, I, you know what? Hold on, Chris. Because of you, and there he goes, and there he goes, everybody. Because of me. Um, I'm pretty sure Brad's slow descent into alcoholism is partially because of you. Um, it's also it was was happening before I met him. It's about forty five (laughs) percent your fault. Didn't you meet at like fourteen? <laughs> exactly. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> so Avery, what is today's episode? Uh, what uh, are we covering? Oh man, there is. You know, once in a you know, I feel like once in a decade, you get a movie that truly encapsulates everything about a genre. And then Hallmark movies. Hallmark movies. There are Hallmark movies. Then sometimes you get a movie that encapsulates everything about that genre and then proceeds to straight kick it in the dick. Uh, 
That sort of film is what we're covering today. But before we get started, ladies and gentlemen, this is your spoiler warning. Everything we say from this point forward in the podcast is one gigantic ass spoiler. You have been warned. So if you have not watched the following film, please pause right here. Come back and listen to us. Give this film the business. Wait, how can they pause it right there if they don't know the title of the film? Because I'm telling them to pause, you idiot. Well, they pause and they don't know what the film is. Then and what's it doesn't. The point? Chris, if they clicked on the damn link, they know what the film is. People can't it's read. It's in the title. <laughs> People can't read. For those who cannot read, today's film is Cabinet in the Woods, or confusingly in the film title card, it says The Cabin in the Cabin Woods. In the Woods. So it's one of the two. Either Cabin in the Woods or The Cabin in the Woods. Take your pick. All right, Avery, hashtag take it away. Ma- hashtag right. Mandela effect. <laughs> that stated, as Brad stated this week, the brews and reviews... <laughs> that stated this week the Brews and Reviews podcast is covering 2012's The Cabin Woods created by Joss Whedon of Buffy fame so for any of our fellow Scoobies this one's for you Cabin Woods is about five college friends played by Kristen Connolly, Chris Hemsworth Anna Hutchinson Frank, uh, Fran Kranz and Jesse Williams as they arrive at a remote forest cabin for a little vacation little do they expect the horrors that await them one by one, the youths fall victim to backwoods zombies, but there's another factor at play. Two scientists, played by Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford, are manipulating the ghoulish going-ons, but even as the body count rises, there's yet more at work than meets the eye. Damn, if that is not a summary for 2020, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple threats, zero chance of survival, the, uh, the higher class just picking on you just because they can. It's all there, man. Man, uh... <laughs> That was like, did you get that off IMDb or something? Did you get that uh, off of? Yes, IMDb. <laughs> also, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen, pretty good. <laughs> also, if you haven't seen this film, it's been out for like ten fucking years. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> In this, here, yeah. I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to show exactly how old we are. Um, Buddy, Chris, and I actually went and saw this movie together in theaters when it first came out. We did. So, I actually did not see this film for the first time until about two years ago. What, what the hell, Brad? <laughs> because, alright, so I'm a huge fan. I, I do love horror movies. I really do. I think they're uh, one of my favorite genres. Uh, horror and sci-fi are, like, tied at my top. But when uh, this movie came out, um, I saw the preview for it. And one of my friends saw it and explained it to me. And I thought it was one of those... I, th- I thought it was going to be, like, the next... A scream movie, or uh, what is it? Mm. Scary movie. Oh, and I was just like, I was just like, you know, if it's gonna be scary movie, I don't want to see it. And then two years ago, I went and saw it uh, with some friends. They 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 were having a Halloween party, and we watched it. And I, you know, we'll we'll get into our thoughts on the film later. But I I was surprised. I I really kind of wish I would have seen it when it was in theaters. I'm pretty sure that friend was me. No, because you don't live in California. No, when I explained it to you. Oh, yeah, it might have been you. Might have been you. Then I think I proceed to cuss you out for being a moron. Because I know how awesome it is. That's also very likely. Yeah, I mean, you cussing, period, is very likely, so... Fuck yeah. (laughs) Well, Chris cursing and cursing someone out are... I mean, they they usually occur at the same time with him. Uh, It's... It's your natural state. 
Yeah. Yep. Man, just wait till I get to my avatar state. <laughs> How many beers does that take? So, so I am masters of all four yeast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm masters of all the hops. Yes. Oh, oh throw, throw some weed in there. Shout out the hops cousin. Mm-hmm. That's true. The that's true. Marijuana. Astro project. <laughs> oh man. Um, so guys, uh, so watching this film. Um, before going in to watch it, uh, either for the first time or now, um, do you think that this film was totally different than what you expected? Because I remember the first time I watched it, it was totally different than what I expected. Um, even knowing at that point that it was a comedy horror movie, so to speak, um, I still was expecting it to be a lot more horror-oriented than it actually was, if that makes sense to y'all. No, it it definitely does. I I know for me going into it originally, I definitely expected more of the horror centrism, um, but it was a very uh, very well welcome surprise at how much humor and how smart the humor about it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, like, I, I'm going to be honest with with y'all. So when I watched this movie for, for the first time and now, it was very interesting because, like, it goes into the opening scene and then it goes to these guys in, like, an office setting and they're kind of just chatting and it's just like, the fuck is going on? And then all of a sudden the title card pops on you. Yeah. <laughs> it was... It was uh, like such a good way to set up that title card because it kind of shows you this movie is not what you expect it to be. And the trailers definitely pointed to a more horror oriented movie than what it turned out to be. Yeah, no, but I, I, realistically, I think going into it, though, you had to see it and then see Joss Whedon's name next to it. Joss Whedon doesn't ever do anything straight. Um, no, yeah, yeah. And so, you know. No, both Chris and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, for me, it was sort of like what you guys were just talking about, that it was a film that you never knew what was going to happen 10 minutes later. Every time you thought you knew what was going to happen, something changed. And you never got your footing into it until like the final 20 minutes when it's all revealed. Um, I I thought it was just generally great. Um, I actually have this screenplay by like this is actually like a video podcast <laughs> um i have the actual screenplay it has interviews with um drew goddard and josh whedon and they talked about how they basically wrote it in a hotel room over a weekend and just like that makes total sense when you think about just how simple this idea is and how clean it is um but leave it to them to make it something very complex and disjointed there are definitely a few points in this film however where um, either there are inconsistencies or um, things that don't make sense, as well as sometimes it felt like the film was almost grabbing your hand and like leading you, th- like like okay, this is gonna happen later, but not how you expect it to happen. There were a few points in the film where they kind of like foreshadowed, but they foreshadowed out the ass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. I think that may have been the point, though, because this entire and en- entire endeavor. And again, as we said, we're going to spoil the shit out of everything. All of this stuff is leading the characters in a certain direction. 
nothing the characters do in the film is of their own volition. So, for instance, when the the girl is considered the whore, um, she's she's essentially having her her actions increased by pheromones and other things that are being pumped into the house. So, therefore, now she is more sexual. She's willing to you know essentially give a dude a lap dance and she's ready to have sex in a forest. And you know, all of a sudden, the dude who all before they showed up at the cabin was a all academic scholar who studied sociology. All of a sudden, is now the jock and referring to his other smart friend as the egghead. And so now, you know, every they're all being pushed in this direction because they need them to fit these character archetypes. They need the jock. They need the whore. They need the the virgin. They need the Joker and the I can't remember. I think the wise man. I think that's what they called him. They needed those people, so therefore they were directing them. At the same time, the movie is directing the viewer to be like, you see this, right? Okay, pay attention to it because it's going to pay up later. Yeah, yeah. But let's face it, everyone's favorite character. And I'm just going to do a one, two, three, and I want everyone to say the favorite character in the stereotype they were. So, one, two, three, the stoner. Zombie guy. Stoner. Oh yeah, well, I think he, I think yeah. I think he's actually called the jester. Um, yeah, yeah, the yes. fool. The yeah, the fool. fool or the, the fool. Jester. There. Yeah. My favorite scene with him is at the very beginning when he first pulls up. Oh, with the bong? <laughs> yes. No, no. After that. Uh, oh. So he locks his car. Oh, through, through the, the window. window. And then he checks to see if it's locked. <laughs> yeah. That was. I, I love that he survived the apocalypse. I, I loved his whole demeanor about it because when he shows up, they're basically like, dude, you just rolled up hotboxing your car. You're not worried about the cops. And he sits there and looks him dead in the face. He's like, no cop is going to pull over a dude with a gigantic bong in his car. Is he wrong? <laughs> they fear this man. <laughs> it's like, well, also, also, one of my favorite lines is when they pull up to the gas station and there's that oh, redneck yeah. uh, guy who's like, you know, what What do they call it? What's his name? Uh, it's like Mordecai. Mordecai. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, like Mordecai. It's like a stereotypical Jewish name, which to <laughs> me is hilarious. And they're like, uh, I, I fought in the war. Oh, what war? You know damn well what war. Oh, is that the one between some guys in blue and some guys in gray? Perhaps brother against brother? <laughs> like... like- like, he was so stealthily smart about everything that happened, except for one part. One part in which I felt like he acted outside of his, you know, stealth, self-smart guy role, which and he did the one thing that bothers me about horror movies, and you guys, you guys have heard me say it before. He was a white person who stood in front of a, stood in front of a damn window when there are monsters coming at the house. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. This movie kind of... Me, Avery, and Buddy have talked about this several times. What uh, I think we refer to as a minority mindset when it comes to horror movies. That part. Don't split up. (laughs) And if something's wrong, it's probably wrong, and you get the hell out of there. It's very true. You know how, like Brad said, he almost thought this was like scary movie. It, It almost sort of is because it's an upshot at other horror films. It takes everything we know and laugh about horror films. But just gives it that serious edge and sort of bakes it into reality. And I think that that's a very smart version yeah. of this is just how they took like I'm just I'll be reading through like their little interview as I go along with this. But um, they just start talking about how they they thought about like pumping stupid gas into a room to make people think we should split up or how many times you really need to drop the knife. 
how many times do we trip when we're running away from mm-hmm. a monster? And just like setting all that up in a controlled environment was uh, pretty fun. Oh, I, I love yeah. how like when they're in the basement uh, for the very first time, and then uh, the Stoner's character <laughs> forgot his name. I again, I remember his name. Is Whatever name. his name, I, the I'll Jester. Look it up. Anyways, he's like hearing voice and it's like, you guys hear that shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's ignoring him. Yeah. We should also, not be I, down here. I also love the callback to uh, Hellraiser. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was the great. dude. That, that was pretty cool. You know, th- there is there are some very smart moments in the movie. Just because as we you know talk about what is common to American horror tropes. If you look in the small glimpses that we get of Japan, because they make fun of Japan, they're like, oh, Japan never takes a day off, you know, blah, 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 they've blah, never, blah. They've always succeeded every year. We <laughs> yeah, only they, had one problem, yeah. Yeah, and so it's funny because we get the moment with Japan, and it's of this, you know, a girl ghost terrorizing kids in high school, which is super no, common. No, those were like, that, that was like elementary school. No, but but keep in mind that's super common in their horror cinema over it, there, which is really which is, which yes. is the ba- the Bakumonogatari, the the horror story. But it also like that whole scene was meant to be straight up corpse party, like it was meant to be ghosts tearing apart children to satisfy this dark god. But mm-hmm. I love how it's subverted in the end with the power of friendship. Like it's like it's a fucking shonen manga, <laughs> <laughs> and they they turned then they like turn them into. Like the ghost into, into like a, a frog. frog or something. They, like they turned her. They turned her to a frog. And turned him into a frog with and, the and, power of love and friendship. And basically, and they were like, and they basically were like, now she can have friends too. And I was just like, are you <laughs> kidding me? And then, and then the two guys in the kitchen are like, fuck you, Japan. <laughs> but then you get those How other screen, you get those other screens that are going on where you sort of seen little clips of how they view their horror, their horror cinema. We get little bit, little bits and pieces of Russia, where a lot of their horror cinema is about nuclear fallout, you know, apocalypse, things of that nature. Because guess what, Chernobyl was a fucking thing. Uh, yeah. And yeah. you know, realistically, in other parts, and I'm pretty, I don't know if it's because I think they are America, but there's another one that's dealing with a gigantic fucking gorilla, which is probably Africa. But you have to think King Kong, <laughs> Skull Island type of shit, like, like. And so it's, it's kind of interesting that this film took that approach and with each little screen and each thing that was going on, each monster, it sort of told us a little bit about how each of those countries saw horror films. That That is very true. Yeah. And it's also really interesting how they kind of made all the horror film tropes into the this is how we appease these old gods. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was smart. Yeah. Uh, Another thing I was thinking about was how the, um, gosh, just on the tip of my tongue. Must be the drugs. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, the film itself, and when do we see it? 2015? 2012. 2012. Yeah, so apparently this movie was, I think, filmed in 2010, maybe, or 2009. It, but it's, it's, yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it in like production one? It was done, it was just in production yeah. limbo. Yeah, they, the studio just didn't know how to film it, or not film it, but how to market it or how to sell it. And I think it wasn't until the first Thor movie came out and Chris Hemsworth was like, you know, a bona fide star that they decided to release it. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, if Chris Hemsworth was never as big as he was, then we probably might not have seen this film until much later or even just on VOD. Yeah, or even yeah. just not at all. So, um, you know, shout out to Chris Hemsworth. 
Hold, hold up, hold, hold up, guys. I, I have to. I'm gonna quickly interject here. So you guys are familiar with not another teen movie, right? Exactly. I watch that religiously. Okay, so so you know the the naked foreign exchange student, right? Oh yeah. Yes, no, I do. She stole my outfit. Okay. okay, so that is Serena Vincent. She played the yellow um, a Lost Galaxy Ranger in Power Rangers, right? It's funny enough, the girl who the girl who plays the whore in this film and who gets naked in this film went on to play the yellow jungle fury Power Ranger, the second ranger to (laughs) ground. It's cursed. The world is cursed. Yikes. (laughs) I did like because I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, I've seen her somewhere. I knew I knew her face. And for anyone for anyone listening, I'm a huge Power Ranger mark. And I was like, I knew I've seen her face somewhere, and now it makes so much sense. Oh my <laughs> lord! Speaking uh, of Power Rangers, Ninjor is the dumbest name ever. Oh, Just throwing that out there. I had no idea what you said for a I, I can't even. I, his his Japanese name is is much better, but we'll we'll talk about that Ninjor, off, of, off off of the podcast. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to quickly point that out. Because, you know, as all horror movies do, and it included the tropes, where we have to see at least one of the cast members naked at some point. Um, and we do. And we do. And just as those the horror tropes prescribe, she dies because of her horniness. And it literally said the whore dies first. That is, that is quite literally part of the ritual. The whore has to die first. The virgin has to either live and or die. It does not matter as long but as she she's the last one. The last one, one. Yep. And so, like, it... Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, after that death, my favorite death is when Chris Hemsworth is trying to jump over the canyon. Yes. Dude, did y'all catch the sound effects on that? Like, it's such, like... like, Screaming hopes. No, no, it's down to... Like, it's honestly, it's such, like, a a powerful scene. He's meant to... He's trying to jump, and then he he gets swatted out of the air by this bout, and you hear, doink, doink, doink. And I was just like... It's it's such. I didn't notice that. It's such dissonance. Like it is true dissonance because you're just like, that was supposed to be such a dark scene, but the funniest damn sound effects. Like it is. I I really appreciate also how they put the setting for the film, the cabin especially. Um, you look at it on the outside, right? Yeah. It looks like a little shitty, you know, haunt, a little shitty shack, right? And then they open it, and it's like, oh, there's enough bedrooms for everyone, as well as the couple. Like, yeah. And there's a basement and another basement. And how the fuck Ooh. did all that shit fit inside of that tiny little well, thing? Well, we just saw the front of it. We never saw how deep it went. Yeah. Because like, we, I mean, we really, yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say later on, we should probably discuss our favorite monsters. I imagine we will definitely get into that, but. Just well, I was actually I was actually about to bring that up because as soon as Brad mentioned the basement, the basement becomes a big portion of the film, and we don't even know it at that time. So obviously, here the characters go into the basement and they're playing around with different things. And you know, one picked up a, a fucking conch and he's sort of playing with another, playing a music box, and then of course they pick up a book written in Latin, which any horror movie in the world will tell you don't do that. And of course, the stoner's like. Don't read that shit. And they read it like a bunch of morons. And she's like, nothing's going to happen. And he's like, seriously, stop reading that. Like, All right, also, he- also, we need to point out the, the best scene with the fucking stoner, dude. 
the best fucking scene, aside from like him pulling up with the giant bong, is when he's in his room and he hears the whispers. You want to go for a walk? <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck is going on here? I am my own person. I'm not doing that. You want to go for a walk? Hell no, I'm not going for a walk. Shit, fuck this. You know what? I think I need to go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> I actually liked it when he like found the the, the wire. And, like He's sitting there thinking about oh, it. And, yeah. he was, and he was just like, I'm on a reality TV show. Oh, my parents must think I'm such a burnout. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. he has a sobering moment in the middle of potential life and death situation. It's like, like a it's, human reaction. Like he doesn't really right. guess. Like he's being hunted by <laughs> supernatural creatures, and their office can. It's, there, uh, it's a reality show. Were they trying to pump him with the room with Thorazine or something like that? And like he was the only one that was immune to it. Yeah, because he's already high. And they're like, <laughs> "What the hell is he on? He's immune to this shit." <laughs> Like he's perpetually high. Like, and the thing is, I I truly, really, and truly loved the the characters because I don't know if you guys caught it. These characters were basically the Scooby Doo gang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. like, they were basically this, <laughs> yeah, buddies over here, like flipping out. Like they're basically the Scooby Doo characters. Oh, um, so you got you got Shaggy as the stoner. Yeah, you got, got Fred who is oh, the jock Velma's guy, the, uh-huh. the light skinned dude. Velma's yes, the, the Velma's Velma's light skin dude. dude with glasses and yeah. smart. Yeah, and yep. smart. And then you have uh, the whore as Daphne. And then you just have the respect on her name. <laughs> I think I love Daphne as a character. I'm a Velma guy myself. I think. Oh you know, yeah, oh yeah, Velma. Vel, Vel, Velma's Velma's my love in that series. But I, I've, I've seen the Daphne. No, 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 Daphne. Damn sure I'm missing no Daphne. I'm missing the wheels, but Velma though. Kinky. <laughs> that stated, you know, she, you know she has some chains in that closet. That's all we're saying. I, I'm just saying, like I've seen them sexy cosplays in a. Uh, well, damn. Which it, Chris? It's it, not all about sexy cosplays, okay? Bro, have you seen the Velma sexy cosplays though? Yes, yeah. I have. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I, have. Podcast I appreciate the this. fuck out of them. Quite, quite literally, jinkies. Quite literally. <laughs> it, it gave me a husband's bulge. <laughs> but yeah, so we have all these characters, and then the only outlier is the Virgin, is our is our you know our final girl here, who honestly kind of becomes the final villain at the same time. Yeah, and she we, fucks it up for everybody. Yeah, she she screws it up for everybody, and you kind of realize, oh, so the hero of the story has kind of been the stoner the whole time because <laughs> he's the only one who's seen everything straight. Honestly, let's face it, though, the hero of the story is the corporation who's torturing the kids because, oh, yeah. you know, they're trying to save the world. This is this is true. Uh, from the old ones, um, which which one of my friends pointed out was kind of a um, a jab at politics and politicians. It's like they do all these horrible things, but like they're actually doing it. For the better, but we don't. And We're not going like, to get into it. We'll get into that off camera. I yeah, we'll, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that as another Deep Cuts episode. Yeah. Um, but that's I what somebody told me. That's what somebody told me about this film. And if you're looking at it in that perspective, it is a little bit interesting. Do I believe that perspective? Absolutely not. But it's an interesting way to kind of look at it. Um, I, I could see a TED talk about it. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, this film has has enough depth to it, where there's there's so many different ways we could have gone, and 
you know, I want to bring up what bring back up what, what Buddy mentioned was favorite favorite monsters because as we get through the movie, we start to realize the Bunkners, which are our zombie redneck torture family, are only one monster that could have shown up. So, I it's it's amazing how different the movie might have been if they kept messing with the conch and we got the damn merman. Um, which was the recurring joke throughout the movie. He's like, I'm never going to get to see a merman. And then he gets murked by the merman. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <just like, laughs> it, um, it's only right. And they were, they were also like, excuse me. They were also like saying like, Oh, but the, you don't want to see a merman. The cleanup is terrible. And then when the merman kills him, the merman has a fucking blowhole that's spewing blood as he's, as he's killing this guy. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? It's it's so it's so weird. I, I think the to me, I think the film would have been crazy had we gotten the mimic girl, um, with Ooh. which was the ba- so if if you don't know what a mimic is, um, typically mimics look just like human beings. But the problem is we see them as humans, but in their reflection, their faces are usually these giant gaping mouths of revolving teeth, which is what we got here with the ballerina girl when they went yep. down into the facility. Yep. They just saw this little girl whose face is literally this big ass mouth. And I was thinking how that would have affected the movie because then basically you're done with a psychological thriller where you don't know who's killing whom because you don't know who the hell is who. It's like the thing all over again. Yeah. Uh, At least we didn't get the black eyed kids. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Creepy. Fuck those yeah. things. Fuck them black eyed kids. Don't I, allow them I, in didn't your house, folks. Catch, I didn't even catch them in that movie. Uh, I don't think they were in there. About were the. I think they were. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I was anyways. Merman. Real, yeah. real quick though. Yeah, real, I'm sorry, buddy. But uh, if anyone doesn't know what black-eyed kids are, um, if kids come at your door knocking late at night, asking to come in when it's cold, and you look in their eyes and their eyes are pitch black, close your fucking door. <laughs> Don't let them the fuck in. That's a terrible fucking idea. The fuck is wrong with you for thinking it's a good idea? You know what, Karen? If you think it's a good fucking idea, make sure I'm out of the fucking house, all right? That's all I'm saying. Because I ain't escaping through a goddamn back window, climbing down a ladder, running through a field, and running into fire to get away from these fucking things, okay? Looking at God. you, Ivy's oh, roommate. Oh, uh, really specific. Is I was like, um... <laughs> I'm, assuming I'm assuming her roommate will never hear this, so... Denise, if you hear this, don't be a fucking moron. <laughs> I, I'm just She's hold gonna on, hate hold me anyways. I, what do I, I ho- care? Hold on. Am I the only person that wants to see the horror movie Brad was in? Buddy, you and me, we're gonna work on a script, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna have you have like five beers and then just uh <laughs> just Put a record. Put a recorder down and uh, just right. try to make sense of it. All right, Brad, saying, you're pretty drunk now. <laughs> tell me how this goes. Tell me the stars that you. I'm just saying, uh, that, was, that was oddly specific, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. I mean, is there something you just haven't told us? Like, especially me, if I've known you for like damn near. We've known each other for half our lives. You know, we'll get into point. that. We'll get into that later. Um, is it uh, some, really? Is it like that one story we're going to tell when we see Scott Pilgrim? Yes, kind of. Uh, but anyways, uh, anyways. So uh, my honestly, my favorite uh, monster I saw, um, what had to have been, I, I'm I'm torn between two. So either the unicorn because that was just so <laughs> unexpected. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like a unicorn just comes and fucking impales a guy. <laughs> 
Uh, but I know on the unicorn uh, production wise, it was a real horse, and they just attached a fake <laughs> unicorn horn uh, foam. Horn no shit! I th- I could have sworn they went to Scotland. Yeah, but... <laughs> uh, I think it was filmed in Canada, and then when the horse impales the guy, it's actually like a horse head that they made, mm-hmm. but they attached razor blades to the top of like the new horn, and so that's how it pierced the fake body. Oh wow! Oh, okay. That's wow. Yeah, and then the merman when he spits blood wasn't in the original script, but the guy that made the actual merman doll, he he came up with it. They're like, you know what? That's going to be in there. <laughs> I mean, there were so many good things. Uh, I think my favorite, and we only saw glimpses of it, was the murder robot with like the like buzz that doll, was, like rotating yeah, that rotating arms. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell is this thing? Like. <laughs> It's like, like what, what reality are you from that is brought to this bullshit? Um, Transformers, like Swiss Army knife of terrifying like, monsters. And buddy, what about you? Did you already say your favorite? I can't, can't remember. You know, I think my favorite oh, is the Um I have like a list of different things they have. Like, it's a picture of like the board, and like I, I never stopped to look at the board. Uh, some of the interesting monsters on the board are. Uh, wraiths, zombies, hell lord, angry molesting tree, Jedites, <laughs> oh my Just god, Kevin, <laughs> uh, scarecrow folk, those are the guys that dismember that guy, dragon bat, dismemberment goblins, sugar plum fairy, um, the doctors, redneck torture family, yeah, and the twins. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, I saw the I saw the twins. I was like, "What? The, I wonder what the hell that nonsense is." And uh, you know, okay, I saw the twins too, and my first thought is The Shining. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I can see which that. is a movie I still haven't seen. But what you the know. fuck? <laughs> Wait, Brad, what is the last movie you saw in theaters before uh, COVID Coronacon hit? Uh, the most recent Star Wars movie. Oh, okay, then okay, that's fine. Yeah, mm. okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'm torn between two. Uh, oh, I, and also it chapter two. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was expecting like blazing saddles or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting the original yeah, Dolomite. No, the, the, last, <laughs> the last movie I saw in theaters, guys, was uh, a, you know, Gone with the Wind. <laughs> and it was so long you swore never to watch another movie <laughs> alright Chris what's your favorite so, uh, I, the murder robot I thought it was a murder scorpion because it had the giant chainsaw thingy in the yes. back no. that, you know that's valid that's valid so I, it looked um, like something from like a gosh it's a fighting robot series like on um, uh, uh, fuck. Spike I, I know what you're talking about uh, Robot Wars yeah yes. that's what it looked like or uh, we get glimpses of the tree, like, at the very beginning. But the giant molesting tree would have been hilarious. <laughs> uh, so it, it's a tie between the murder robot or, like, the Japanese family. And we get a glimpse of them, like, torturing and, like, throwing, oh, yeah. throwing like, gasoline on hostages and shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> like, I, I think it's interesting. Like... I thought it was so interesting because we, you know, we get the Uri ghost in um, in Japan, which a Uri ghost is just means it's a vengeful spirit. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a spirit of vengeance. There and so are, we, there are, and there are honestly, I'm sorry, Avery, no, go for um, it. There are honestly like several Japanese uh, horror films that have turned into American horror films that deal with that because it is 
not necessarily uh, unique to Japan, but Japan does it to a different level than a lot of other places. Um, and honestly, I kind of wish, I kind of wish this year we were doing like the ring or, um, parasite. Yeah. Parasite. Well, parasites, Korea, but, uh, the ring or, um, the grudge, just because those are very unique to Japan. And actually, um, the Grudge was directed by the same Japanese director. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, Avery, continue. No, no, uh, no. Um, I, you know, I just thought it was interesting that, that we got her in Japan because and obviously it's very, um, very J- Japan centric. But at the same time, it, it was so interesting because it, it does not seem like that battleground or that that sacrifice site had any deaths. Because we do get a little look around that that classroom. We do see it at one point the little girls are trying to run and trying to escape, and the monster is making its way to the room. I but through the end, was the teacher dead? I do not remember. I don't. I don't. I don't know if we, I don't know if we in the the Jap in the Japanese schoolgirl room, like when the Uri ghost is in there. Did we see the teacher or not? Was the teacher oh. dead? Because it doesn't seem like anyone died out of that. All right, so that could actually be something to do with Japanese culture. And uh. anyone listening, please correct me if I'm wrong. This is just from what I have been told uh, by uh, my Japanese instructor, as well as a few Japanese exchange students. It could vary depending on what part of Japan these people are in. But uh, Japanese students from a very young age, uh, Japanese schools do not have janitors. Actually, the students are expected to clean up. So technically, it could be possible that the teacher wasn't even in the room when that happened, or the teacher could have been the possession point for the spirit. Yeah, that is very true. I can see that. that, that that's true. But, but yeah, okay. I just they beat him. They beat him with the power of friendship and love. That is very true. <laughs> I, I just thought it was interesting because. You know, in obviously in the U.S., we we got multiple deaths, and so basically towards the end, it was up to the United States to stop the old gods from rising. But it seemed like Japan, nobody died. Like they they were straight yeah. up, like they were straight up just chilling over there. Um, and so it is, you know, it's just kind of interesting. Like this film touched on a lot of different different tropes, and you know, it, it kind of took that '80s slasher um, ideal. And turned it on its head, you know, because everything we saw there was based on 80s slasher films. You know, oh, yeah. ki- kids in an away cabin being chased by a monster. Um, obviously, sexual proclivity. There is, you know, some bits of drugs and alcohol sort of influencing things. There's always the one, you know, virginal, uh, straight up chased girl who has never done anything. And, you know, there's always a smart character who sort of gets what's going on. And then you always have the burnout. Um but in this case, it kind of turned all of that on its head, and the burnout ended up being the character who saw everything the most clear. Like, he knew what was going on. Like he knew someone right, and he was trying to get the hell out of there at every chance he got. I mean, and let's face it, I'm pretty sure every st- political content detected, political content destroyed. But it, <laughs> personal. <laughs> I mean, you know, the and thing is, like I said, we don't like to get political on this podcast. But I, I just thought I, I just think it's kind of funny because it seems like the situations all of these characters are placed in were somewhat indicative of the time in which you know was going on. Because during that time period, especially during early uh, 2010s, 
zombies were the big thing back in in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. So we so Walking Dead. Yeah, Walking Dead became that mega hit. So we had this you know recurrence of zombies coming back, and at the same time, the Grudge was still kicking in Japan. So obviously they still did the Uri Ghost. Um, and so I, I think it'd be interesting if this film was made today, which of the monsters that they would choose to best reflect what's going on. You know, honestly, if you were to go with that, uh, when we're talking about Japan, one of the things uh, that is always prominent in Japan, not necessarily in the horror genre, but its own genre, the kaiju. Yeah. Um, I, th- I really feel like if this was made by anyone else, mm-hmm. um, and today especially... Uh, it would have been some sort of Godzilla monster for the Japan uh, <laughs> yeah, market, quote-unquote. What about America? What would America... So instead of zombies... It's something like The Grudge, because we kind of had that... Or not The Grudge, sorry. Something like... Um, uh, Jason? What, no, what's that? What's that? Uh, you know, the the Purge. Because yeah, um, they had, they had like, the Purge-style monsters in it. Yeah. Um the the people the family with the masks that came out at the end. Um I really feel like that's kind of more of what America has been like griffing onto right now. That and like a serial killer mentality. Um I was hoping for the Cenobite personally. <laughs> the the Cenobite would have been interesting because one, it's been a long time since they last made a Hellraiser movie, which I that think was they're actually at, good. Which well the thing is I I think they're actually about to lose the license to make those, but that's Oof. neither here nor there. Um, that stated, I, you know, I, I think that would have been a good, a good yet creepy way to do it. I think they went with the Bunkners because it, it still fit that that eighties aesthetic, but at the same time, it wasn't it wasn't going to make the film super gross and super gory. We really yeah, only get yeah, we, we really bad. only get one gory, like or maybe one or. Maybe one to say five gory parts of the film, um, especially those elevator scenes. <laughs> yeah, the elevator scenes were, were the main were the main portions of that, and then we get the part where um, the girl gets her head cut off. Mm. Oof, and, yeah. and they even yeah. they and they even cut away from that. We only we only get the the payoff from that when they throw the head back at her friends. <laughs> <laughs> like they, I'm not leaving without her. Open the door. Random guy, zombie. Sorry, random zombie. Throw. <laughs> All right, we're leaving. <laughs> like it was, it was so funny. Like I, I, you know, this film had a, had a lot to it. One thing I do want to, you know, quickly talk about is the the music in this movie. Like the the use of the, the the music in this film to sort of make it to to make some of the scenes that are supposed to be dramatic make them more dramatic. Make the scenes scary. They're scary, but. At the same time, they're also like a very like they're quickly cut off. So, for instance, the 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 gap jump scene, you get this awesome like action film suspense. Like he's gonna make it, he's gonna make it, he's gonna make it, and wham! Music shuts off right there. And you hear doink, doink, doink as he's going down the wall. So, sound design in this film was was fucking great. Were there oh, any Wilhelm dirty. screams in this film? Huh. Probably when someone was being like attacked by a horde of zombies. Yeah, probably. I just yeah. missed it, but I always look for the Wilhelm screams. I'm just saying. Um, I uh, the only thing about his death, Chris Helmsworth's death in the film, um, that kind of annoyed me is it was foreshadowed really, really early on, really, really early on, 
which I both appreciate, but the way they foreshadowed it also kind of seemed like one of those moments where we're holding your hand so you understand what's happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, the, the gate or the uh, when the, the eagle flies into the at the beginning, the eagle flies oh, yeah. into the barrier. Um, don't get me wrong, I thought that was great, but I think they could have done just as good a foreshadowing with that when the stoner stepped out in the uh, into the gas station. Uh, no, when he stepped out of the cabin and he looks up, he's like, I thought there would have been stars. That could have been foreshadowing saying, hey, they're in a dome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there are, we could talk about this movie, honestly, for the next four or five hours. We probably let's, could. Let's be real. But we should probably get wrapping it up. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, All right. Hold on. Real quick, guys. So... Before 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 we get down to our breakdown, just a quick reminder: the Brews and Reviews podcast scaling of film ratings is a little different than most. Um, our scale runs from one to five, with a one actually being the best honor we can give you, and a five meaning you need to be absolutely shit faced to watch this film. As we base this score on a score of one to five beers. Um, now that that's stated, uh, whew. Guys, what are we what are we thinking about this film? We'll start Shit. with, um, we'll start with Chris. What do you, what do you rate Cabin in the Woods? This is probably one of my favorite movies. I rated a one because I think I Ooh. saw Stone Cold Sober with Avery and Buddy, and it was yeah. great. I watched I watched it this past week leading up to this, and it still holds up. It's still hilarious, and I I learned something from it and. My lesson of that is, if a creepy dude named Mordecai is telling you creepy shit, probably should turn the other way. True. That's fair. That's fair. So I, I rated a one, and I got a life lesson out of it. Bradley? Um, Alright, so, like, I'm gonna have to go with a 1.5. I really wanted to give it a one, but there were just a few things about this film that were a little over the top which I understand that was kind of what they were going for but the amount of subtlety they added kind of like balanced it out um so it was uh it was like part of me wanted to give it a two part of me wanted to give it a one I'm gonna go with 1.5 and the reason the redemption for that to give it a 1.5 has to be the end of this film where the the showdown I just thought that was so well played out and a beautifully done, beautiful ending for this film. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I am going to have to agree with, with Chris. I give it a one and, you know, my love of Joss Whedon's work aside, I think this movie, it's so much well that it was a standalone horror film that was actively defying horror tropes while still being a good horror film. Um, and so I, I love that about it. And I love that the writing was so tight in places, but loose in the places that it needed to be, that it allowed the audience to follow along and know what they needed to know when they needed to know it, and then subvert their expectations at other times. Uh, combine that with the acting. We didn't even really talk about the acting in this film. The acting in this film was fucking spot on. Especially oh, the, yeah. guy, the the guys in the office were amazing. Um, 
all, all of that together, you know, for me, it gets a one. I watched it completely sober, as I said, with Buddy and Chris, and it was it was awesome. So I'll give it a one. What about you, Buddy? Uh, yeah, for me, I'm going to say a one. Um, I know our viewers at home can't see it, but I'll at least show it to you guys. Not sure if there's just like light, but this is apparently in the background of the Japanese schoolgirl's house. It's like oh anime God. girls and like super. Uh, wait, wait, stuff. hold that up again. Let me see if I can read any of it. You can read. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can read Japanese. It's fucking weird. Uh, there's too much kanji that I do not understand. Uh, nope. Yep. We aren't. We aren't even playing that game. It could today. just be gibberish. Um, but yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah, so I'm going to give it a one. But if you want to, you can take a drink for every time you see a horror trope and have just as much fun. You'll probably finish your beer pretty fast, so then crack open a new one. But yeah. And yeah, and again, with this film, then in that case, we're going to go with the majority rule because <laughs> each of y'all gave it a one. I gave it a 1.5. We're just going to go with a straight one. This is an excellent film. You can watch it Stone Cold Sober, and that beer is only for your enjoyment. Wait, I just realized something. What is that? What? Joss literally wrote a campy film. <laughs> oh, my <God. laughs> oh my god. I want to laugh, but I know it will hurt. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright everybody. Well, you've heard it here. The Brews and Views dudes give 2012's Cabin in the Woods a 1. Which means you just need a beer for your own enjoyment while watching this film. Well, thank you everybody for joining this this week. However, before we get out of here, guys... What are you geeking on? There's got to be something you're thinking about outside the realms of cinema. Oh, yeah. You know what? Okay, so lately, uh, aside from the fire that's going on, of <laughs> course, because I've been doing a little bit of stuff with that. Um, I've really been looking a lot into uh, different, um, like, what what is it called? Uh, Film-related things. Uh, God damn it, I'm trying to think. Script writing. Mm -hmm. For some reason, my brain just blanked on that. That might have been the beers that I've been having. (laughs) Um, I've been looking at a lot of, like, script writing kind of courses and, like, how-to type things. Uh, Not necessarily that I'm thinking of writing a script. I've written a script before. Buddy, I know that that's kind of your job. You really work with that stuff uh, a lot. Um, I've been really interested at how some of the movies, especially that we're reviewing, um, kind of come to be and learning that this film was basically written in a hotel room over a weekend is kind of really interesting to me. So I've been looking at a lot of that as well as, um, how history influences films. So like, where does this trope come from? Why did this happen in this film? It's kind of really interesting seeing the historical aspect to films that aren't necessarily historical. Um, so I've been doing a lot of research into that and just kind of like doing it for my own fun. Uh, it, there's plenty of YouTube channels and stuff that you can check out for that. But uh, that's kind of been what I've been geeking on. But uh, uh, Chris, what about you? Oh, Brad, I'm, I'm glad you asked, and I wish you didn't ask at the same time. <laughs> Mostly making your life a living hell. Just because you do that You do that so well. Oh, thank you. I'm here for it. Uh, no, honestly, things I'm geeking on. I've been reading a book for work that's really relevant to my job and what I do. So it's been, it's been a good read and kind of eye-opening from a job perspective. 
Um, I'm waiting on a. I'm not sure what's going to get here, but I ordered a. Bad, I, Brad would know what I'm talking about. A Bad Religion 40th Anniversary bio, autobiography. Ooh. So I'm waiting for. I I did the thing where you can get the folk, the guys to sign it. So I'm just waiting on that to come in. Oh god damn! I wish I would have realized about that. I think it's still. I think you can still do it. Oh, I might have to. You'll have to send me a link after this. Alright. Uh, 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 Avery, uh, I, I see your, your wheels are turning. Why are your <laughs> wheels are turning? Honestly, man, <clears throat> my, my wheels need to stop turning. I'm fucking tired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I work so much. It's it's ridiculous. Um, you know, when, when I'm not working in the you know, the eight hours I'm supposed to be sleeping. Uh, I, if I'm, dude, I'm lucky if I get eight hours of sleep. I'm straight up lucky. But uh, real, what I have been geeking on in my, my little bit of spare time is I've actually been uh, practicing my Spanish. Um, you know, be, being in Texas, learning Spanish is always, you know, a good thing. And it's always something for your wheelhouse. But uh, especially can I, being... Can I just, can I just point out something? Uh, I have failed Spanish three times, yet for some reason I passed Japanese. Um, I, I shit you not, I remember this in high school, you failed pretty bad. Failed once in high school with a 13, <clears throat> failed once in college with a 20, and then dropped out the last time in college, and then passed Japanese, so... You know, that, that's kind of funny, like, it's, you know... He legitimately I don't, got a 13. <clears throat> I didn't think that was possible like, until I met Brad. <laughs> you know, I had a hard time with with French, but also because it's so similar to Spanish, my my brain would like mix up the words. But you know, the thing about me is I actually understand Spanish. So if you speak Spanish to me, I understand what you're saying to me. My problem is my spoken Spanish back. So I am I'm mostly working on that and uh, you know picking up some some other little languages and stuff. Um, you know, doing some writing and honestly trying to get out of my own damn head. Because I spend way too much time thinking about nonsensical bullshit. Uh, so yeah, that's just been me. Uh, what about you, buddy? What's up? I'm glad you asked, because I've been really looking forward to having this oh, conversation. Oh shit! Wait, buddy, 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 I buddy. I found a Bu great, great tool hey, to buddy, 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 I'll be sure to call you at some point. I, I heard something good. about uh, chimichangas. I don't know what you guys heard. Uh, my, my, oh, I said uh, Swedish youth. The I'm, 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 they need oh man! Speaking no, of chimich Swedish chimichangas, man, I don't think you've um, heard of that. Oh man! I guess we'll, we'll figure that out. You know. For, anyway, sure guys. Will. Anyway, guys. Thank you for listening to the Bruiser Reviews podcast. Uh, as always, I'm Avery. Who's I'm next? donating money. Nobody. <laughs> <buddy. laughs> uh, uh, Chris, I think. I'm not sure. Fuck Brad. And we'll see you guys at the movies. Thanks for listening, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to this week's episodes of Brews and Reviews. As always, Brews and Reviews would like to thank you for tuning in. And if you liked what you just listened to, please subscribe to the podcast, give them a like, 
leave a review, comment on the episodes, and tell your friends about the cast as it really helps the algorithm get the show out there. If you want to follow the Brew Dudes on social media, check them out at the Brewcast Crew on Twitter and the Brews and Reviews Pod on Instagram, where they post information about current and upcoming episodes, and so that you never miss a second of their drunken adventures. The Brews and Reviews Podcast drops regular episodes the first and second Wednesdays of each month, as well as special deep cuts episodes once a month, and is available on every major streaming service, so be sure to check back for more inebriated mishaps. So, until next episode, we'll see you guys at the movies. Bye!